Hey everybody, Jason here. I just wanted to uh, introduce this solo and uh, really apologize for the audio quality of this episode and the last episode. We have been having a lot of trouble and and some unforeseen audio hiccups. Uh, And so moving forward with episode 57, we are going to start recording uh, individual isolated audio and then blending all of those together so we can give you much, much better audio quality. So again, I just wanted to, you know, kind of jump in here before the show starts and apologize for the, uh, what you'll notice is that Jerry's audio is a little bit loud. And then I occasionally get totally buried in the mix. And I applied a lot of EQ and a lot of normalizing and, and did everything that I could, but this is the best outcome I could, uh, I could achieve. So at any rate, enjoy the conversation because it is a great episode with a great guest. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Linux for Everyone, and welcome home. Today with me, I have our two wonderful co-hosts, as always, Mr. Jason Evangelo. Hey, hey. How's everybody doing? And Mr. Jerry. Should I dox your last name, or do people not know that? Oh no, I'm very, um, I'm very top secret. We'll just go with, we'll just go with Jermo. Jerry, Jermo. Oh man. Hey, can I? Uh, I want everyone in the world to hear. Jerry's official bio <laughs> on the Linux for Everyone website at Linux, the number four, everyone.com. Jerry Morrison <laughs> is a fan of the classics, Apple PowerBook G4, the OG Legend of Zelda, but that doesn't stop him from distro hopping or testing out the latest in Apple hardware. With experience as an IT director for a private school, as well as teaching tech classes to middle and high school students, Jerry now works as a sysadmin manager for a fintech company. Okay, that all sounds like pretty pretty normal and very very pretty sophisticated, standard. right? Yeah. I'm very sophisticated, yes. Paragraph <laughs> 2. But don't, <laughs> but don't think you have him all figured out. If this guy is on your trivia team, he'll likely be able to help you out with obscure band genealogy as well as any mm-hmm. categories related to quotes from the movie Clueless. He has also been recently recognized as a member of the Honorable Order of Kentucky Colonels. So heretofore, please address him as the Honorable Jerry Morrison. The Honorable Jerry Morrison. That's going to be how I address you now. I had someone write that for me. Shout out to my friend Lillian. She did an awesome job. And with us here today is our wonderful guest, Nicolo from the KDE Project. Um, if you'd like to, go ahead and tell us what you do. Yeah. In the KDE Project, I actually have kind of three different jobs. And the first one mm-hmm. is how I actually got involved in the KDE community. And that is, I'm the consistency goalkeeper. And what that means is, in less pretty words is that I have as a personal goal to make KDE as consistent as possible because throughout the years I've always heard people say KDE is so inconsistent and I mean it's a bit true Mm. but now it's less true than before and I hope that that's partially thanks to the work of the consistency team and then I also work a bit on the promotion side of KDE so I've done some announcement animations I've worked on some videos and stuff like that you don't usually see that much but Promotion is an important part of actually um, actually get new users <laughs> and then hopefully also developers from those users that you brought in. And finally, I also try to make Plasma prettier 
by and by plasma i really just mean plasma not applications but you know the panel the applets kickoff the application launcher key runner and so on those okay. parts that are really plasma mm. and that could i mean my i think my job is to make them pretty like uh, i've done a bit of uh, transparency i've added the headers in the applets and so on i would those say i would stuff. i would say mission accomplished on that front but you know i i mean <laughs> it's not like i dislike kde plasma i recently switched over from from gnome so um well thank you so much for everything that you contribute to the community but that's mm-hmm. not really that's not really where you stop. You also um, I, I, maybe it was I don't know six months a year ago uh, you started your own YouTube channel. Can you t- tell us a little bit about that? What you do there? Yeah, in February I kind of had this idea, which was like I wonder if I could do a YouTube channel out of KD content because usually I I've, I've watched actually a lot of videos of Baby Bogwe. I don't know if you know that YouTube channel. And I thought those videos are cool because they tell you a lot about the Linux community, but they are very cringe. And I was wondering if I could appeal (laughs) from- Cringe. Uh, Cringe, very cringe. And I was wondering if I could appeal to the same audience of people who want to know what's going on in the Linux community, but in a less cringy way and more about KD Plasma. And Mm -hmm. I also started doing like tutorials on how to do a guide on Plasma theming, devlogs, live coding, really to make people started up on actually contributing to Plasma, not just using it, which would be cool. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the more people helping out, the better yeah. it is for us. I uh, I wanted to call out one video that that you've done that I watched. It was done in March, so this was this was only about a month, month and a half after you started the channel. Um, yeah, I remember it, and it seems like it's been uh, resonating with people. The title is KDE Dev Tries Gnome 40. Is it better than Plasma? <laughs> and I just, I'm not going to spoil the uh, the conclusion or anything. You guys can go watch it. We'll have a link in the show notes to this video. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just wanted to give you recognition for uh, the, the open-mindedness and the respect that you paid to the Gnome development team. Like... He, he starts this video out and he's, you know, he's playing with the UI and he's saying how clean it looks and how nicely this this certain feature is implemented. And it's not at all. Maybe it is what you would expect from a, I guess, quote unquote, competing or competing. What? <laughs> <laughs> competing. Um. He's, he's not a writer or anything. He, he, know, he, he knows words. I, yep. yes, words are hard. It's cool. I, I, I oh my gosh, um, I love it. Anyway, maybe it is or isn't what you'd expect from a, a competing desktop environment mm-hmm. developer, but I, I really appreciated that. Um, mm-hmm. how, how has, how has the channel been going for you overall? It's been going really good. Actually, I didn't expect to do that well. I remember that video that I had done on GNOME because it was actually, I decided to do that video just after I heard some people in the KDE chats saying that GNOME was bad and that we had to compete with GNOME. But if you actually go and talk with KDE developers, they don't have this idea at all. Like hmm. we we often collaborate with GNOME also with, uh, do you remember the first of April joke that we did of GNOME with a K? <laughs> <laughs> you know, was that was really nice. And I remember the, doing that video as I wanted to say, like, the, we are not competing 
we're actually friends. We're more, we feel more that we are competing with Windows and Mac on, Macintosh, mm-hmm. more like that. Gnome, they're friends. And I was really happy to make that video. And after that was the first big video that like got many views. And it's really been going easier and easier since then. The hardest part was really to convince myself that I could actually do it. I wasn't so convinced. <laughs> you know, buying a new camera, a microphone, I was like, can I actually do this? Do you have the skills? But it's going much better than I expected. And I'm really happy. Practice makes mm-hmm. perfect. If you go back and look at the first few mm-hmm. Linux for Everyone videos, holy cow. I mean, they're they're bad. I did that uh, a few days ago as I went back and looked at the first four or five videos. And I was like, why did I ever think that this quality was okay? You know, but but you uh you 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 practice and you learn and mm-hmm. you iterate and and you it's just it just gets better and better as you go along. So um I was say start starting is like usually the hardest part too. Like if you get over that hurdle, like that's that's the biggest that's usually the biggest thing that blocks most people from getting things done. I don't want to introduce some toxicity into this, but I will just say I I think we should try to get the word out a little more loudly about the fact that yes, KDE and GNOME developer developers are are friends. They're they're helping each other just like, you know, System76 is contributing to the overall um, Linux ecosystem and and mm-hmm. Fedora is helping with you know RadV drivers and it's just all working towards a common goal. But I don't understand why the the tribal mentality exists between desktop environments. I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. if there's a discussion there or not. But uh, it's it's nice to hear that 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 mm-hmm. you guys have this regular line of communication and that you're you know you're helping each other. That's really really cool because that's what. That's what this community should be all about. Yeah. I, th- I think it's really some psychological trick of I'm using this software and it works for me. Therefore, it works for anyone and whoever <laughs> thinks yeah. that doesn't work for them, well, they're wrong. I think <laughs> one thing that I've noticed yeah. is that the, the most tribalistic and like emotionally invested, publicly emotionally invested people are are the users not not the people actually responsible for making it work it's very strange but a lot mm-hmm. of that stir up typically comes from users i mean I, i've seen kde developers work really well with gnome developers in the past i've seen them uh, comment on each other's github issues and just try and find ways to work through stuff and it's it's always genuinely impressive because that's not the way that i think the users present those those two uh those two sides of the uh sides of the fence because really i don't think they 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 are on opposing sides um <laughs> it's just that's just the impression that i think that when you pick something and and like nicola was saying um if it works for you right like it, it can't be wrong <laughs> well it's like it's like sports teams you know it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like yeah it's almost like the the real hardcore like football or or soccer or basketball fan when they say, hey, we won this week. No, actually, <laughs> the team that you're rooting for won. You didn't win anything. <laughs> I just ate chicken wings on the couch, but I feel accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's it's like it's like they're investing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're trying to justify their their time investment or their money investment by just being mm-hmm. so, so aggressively mm-hmm. supportive 
of this one thing that they like. Jason, what if I told you I wrote an article about this exact thing like three days ago? <laughs> I would love to read that and and yeah. probably link to it in the show notes. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Well, but about the football example, I gotta say that I also thought about it when you know Italy won some months ago in the European mm-hmm. League, and. I was really invested emotionally in Italy winning, even though mm-hmm. I never watched a football game ever before. <laughs> and I was really wondering, why do I care? Like, I've never watched a game of them, but I still want Italy to win. I was, I it was weird. It was a moment I mean, maybe, to... maybe in the case of, of football, you know, especially European, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's national pride, maybe? Mm-hmm. Uh, something like that? I don't know. I don't know. There's a whole... <clears throat> A psychological like can of worms that we could unravel there but that's a different show um, well i think techno i think when you get into technology though when you're talking about devices that people spend their money on um uh, operating systems and software that people devote time and energy into learning and using um people don't like to feel like they're wrong <laughs> you know i feel like that's where you see that kind of stem from and realizing that it's there it's there are not necessarily wrong or right choices when it comes to a lot of uh, OS is software. It's it's what's it's what's right for you. I love how you put that, um, Nicolo, where you said it's like because someone thinks that it's right for them, then it should be right for everyone. But that's not how it works because we're all human, whole, uh, full humans with agency, right? We all have our own like thoughts and desires and wants and needs, and so people just embrace, are very protective of that. Embrace it. Embrace the diversity. We're going to be talking about mm-hmm. that a little bit later. Uh, when we get into uh, System 76, allegedly, but probably definitely developing their own desktop <laughs> environment. Um, mm. Yes, choice, choice, folks. Before we go any further, I want to take a moment to thank our friends at Tuxedo Computers for making Linux for Everyone content possible. Tuxedo specializes in sleek Linux-first laptops like the exceptional AMD Ryzen-powered Pulse 15 and the mighty Stellaris 15, which features a vivid 1440p display, your choice of 8-core processors from Intel or AMD, and up to an NVIDIA RTX 3080 for all the gorgeous gaming graphics you could possibly want. When Linux for Everyone was on the ropes, Tuxedo stepped in and helped out in a big way, and we are proud to call them a partner in this ongoing journey of ours. Go check them out at tuxedocomputers.com. Well, let's get into every week. No, uh, we don't do this every week. (laughs) <laughs> Every episode, uh, we like to discuss what our what passion projects we're working on. Maybe that's stuff outside of work or just stuff that kind of that just makes our soul happy. Nicolo, let's start with you. Okay. So as far as personal, personal projects go, I do have a couple. And the first one is one that I can say it's a personal project, but I actually stopped working on it like eight, mo- eight months ago. But I still have hope that I will finish it eventually. And it's um, API in Python to write text input uh, games. Do you remember years ago when we had those, you know, command line games? Yeah, like choose your own yeah. adventure where you type type the command that you want yeah. to execute in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and my idea to actually make them cool again, let's say, was that uh, instead of actually typing the commands, you have a five or six of them to actually choose between. And it's like a Telegram bot. Telegram bot, And you choose the button on the Telegram bot and the bot replies with what happens. 
and you choose the next answer. And that way, the communication is really fast and you can actually <sighs> enjoy a lot the game and the plot, hopefully. Hmm. Technically, you could do that with a large group of people as well, like in a group, right? Yeah, I was actually doing that and huh. uh, also making various <laughs> like different players communicate between each other. And I was, in general, trying to bring in some like cool mm -hmm. ideas. Uh, the whole games had very structured like places when you can switch between and it was always there. I was trying to make like more, you can be in between stuff and you can also have like mm -hmm. day-night cycles, that sort of thing. So like, I was, oh, I was wow. wondering... What if you try to do a modern text input game? Jerry's eyes are lighting up because he plays D and D, and I'm, I'm. Yes, are you imagining the possibilities here? Oh, already, yeah. Like it's uh, already thinking of like how could I incorporate this into my D and D game mm -hmm. <laughs> like with my with my son and his friends? Yeah, that's that's incredible. Is it uh, awesome. is it an open source project that people could pick up on and and help with or? Yes, uh, of course, as long as you don't actually read the code because it's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, oh, fair. That's fair. <laughs> when, when, I, when I work on projects and they're like very personal projects and I don't expect anyone to read them, I go full Python craziness code. I begin like doing the weirdest stuff, setters, getters everywhere. But, it's very weird code. I'm proud of, of the weirdness of it, and but I hope that in the future I'll be able to make any sense out of it. <laughs> really cool. I, I hope that you do because it sounds uh, very captivating. I would love to play. Mm -hmm. I would love to play something like that. Although yeah, that'd be great. It would probably be a, a major distraction from work. But you know, oh, I gotta get my. I really move. like the idea of doing it in something like Telegram because one, yeah. it it opens up the amount of devices you can do it from, but it also mm -hmm. means you can pick it up from anything. So you could just mm -hmm. stop doing it on one and pick it up on on your phone or something while you're out. It's that's really cool. What have you been up to, Mister System Seventy Six? Oh, you know the huge. <laughs> <laughs> So I recently um, decided that I would finally start making videos about cars, and um, <laughs> I've been wanting to do it for a while, and so I I hacked together a little video. It's like a short one-minute like montage video of my car that I'm going to end up using for like an intro when I do the full review of it. Oh, okay. But... Um, but that's that's been a fun process, just getting clips together, getting music in, timing different shots. So it's it's really just like a a self-done editing practice at this point. But um, using different tools for that, uh, like I, I use Audacity to clean up my audio a little bit and line it up. Or um, I, I, I do that with everything, really. Audacity is a, a wonderful project to wonderful tool to have. So. But th that's been right now my one of my major things, and um, on top of that, I've been, I've been trying to write more, and uh, that's that's always a fun time. I, I think that now that I'm not chained to my desk as much, you know, I I can just sort of move my laptop anywhere instead of uh, relying on my desktop. It's it's a little easier to work from a place I'm comfortable. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, I just have to I have to point out to everyone listening or watching that. Shickle is an exemplary writer. I mean, he mm -hmm. is absolutely 
fantastic. Like the imagery, the the sentence structures, the way that he just like gets you all pumped up about what he's saying. You should go read some of his stuff. Seriously. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Well, I promised you guys that I was going to uh, dabble with uh, Piehole and try to install mm-hmm. Piehole at, here at home. And I did try. How'd that go? I did try. <laughs> oh, I don't know, Jerry. How'd it go? You should know. <laughs> so, no, I'm just... <laughs> So one day I, I, thought, I was following the instructions. Okay. I've got my, I've got my <laughs> raspberry Pi. I think it's a three, three B over here. Three B. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, it was all going very, very smoothly until <laughs> I don't remember. I, let's just say, I won't get into, I won't get into detail, but, uh, let's just say that the DNS really tripped me up. There was a step mm-hmm. involved with DNS and I think what happened is I forgot to it's actually, always DNS. It's always DNS. I forgot to actually uh, assign the Raspberry Pi mm-hmm. as the uh, DNS server as the DNS server, right? To take mm-hmm. that to take that function away from the router and assign it. And so, long story short, what happened was <laughs> I executed everything, installed it, you know, executed everything, and then I was locked out of both my router and the pie. And so I could not, I could not log back into my router to reset it as the gateway to set it as the gateway. And so I called Jerry and I was like, Jerry, God, please help me. Man. I can't get online. I don't know what to do. Yeah. There was some DHCP stuff going on too. So I had to, had to, had to put on my uh, network troubleshooting hat. So. I don't know what it was. DNS gateway, mm-hmm. DHCP. It was, it was, it was Something. an ugly mess. And he walked me through it in like five minutes. Uh, but I did not have a chance to successfully <laughs> set it up. So just wanted to, I just wanted to update you on that. I'm trying of mm-hmm. uh, my many millions of projects. That's, that's one that I, uh, that I really, I'm, I'm really interested in getting up and running quickly. And along, um, along the same lines, I told you guys about the EODE phone. Mm-hmm. And I've used it now for about a week, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Wow. Uh, This is actually, I don't know if I want to call it a side grade or an upgrade or a downgrade to my uh, Huawei P20 Pro, which um, will always have a killer camera. This is, uh, so this is a Samsung Galaxy S10e that uh, Iode ships. And what they do is they put uh, kind of a, a slightly tweaked version of Lineage OS on there. And they have their own app called um, Iode. And what that does is, oh my God. So I'm just updating it for the last seven days. And you probably won't be able to see that, but uh, I'll, tell, I'll tell everybody listening that uh, in the last seven days, the EODE app has blocked 2,500 tracker requests, including 29 blacklisted recipients. Mm. Every time I open this up, and this is only on 21 apps, which isn't really a lot for, I I think, Mm -hmm. to have on your phone, right? It's, it's, you know, it's your Twitter, it's, it's Revolut, it's Discord, it's Telegram. I was floored at just how much tracking activity was trying to beat down my my door you know and uh and i just it's hard to sum up my experience after only a week but i can say that so far i don't know if this will last but so far it is completely google free so i've been i've been nice kind of surviving on on the total google free 
uh, experience, the degoogled phone, if you will. <laughs> I'm using Magic Earth for for car navigation instead of uh, Google Maps, and I, you know, I've got Nextcloud on there. I'm trying to switch over from Google Docs to Nextcloud stuff like that. And if I do, this is what's neat: is it ships with um, Aurora Store, which is a very cool alternative to the Google Play Store, and it lets you anonymously log in to Google and download stuff from the Play Store if you hmm. want to. But I haven't had to do that yet because everything that I have looked for is on the Aurora Store. But if I wanted to, I could log into a Google account anonymously and still download you know, YouTube and Google Assistant and all that stuff. And everything that I have described, it works out of the box. It just... You, you power on the phone and it's all working. The, the tracking, uh, the tracker blocking, the anonymous logins, the, all that stuff is just working. And so that's, I think, kind of what we need when it comes to privacy phones is uh, <laughs> a system that, you know, you can just turn on and it will work. There's only one, there's only one really confusing aspect of it. And they're working on simplifying this a little bit. Uh, but when you go into s your settings for every single app on your phone, you have like four layers of, of tracker protection. You have standard, um, socials, porn. That's this is what they are called. So standard, socials, porn, and extreme. And so what I did is I thought, okay, well, maybe I should turn on, maybe I should check the social box for things like Telegram and Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. But I found that when I checked that box it wouldn't even allow me to upload any media to my tweet. Hmm. And so it was a very aggressive form of blocking, which kind of seemed counterintuitive. Like, no, I want that functionality. Mm -hmm. I just don't want all the tracking happening with mm -hmm. it. Uh, but they're working on simplifying that. But so far, it's been a really good experience. I mean, I thought that it would be a real pain to um, to live without Google and have, you know, kind of a more lockdown phone. But it's been great so far. So... And, uh, oh, Games for Everyone launched. That, that happened. <laughs> there right. it is. There we go. They're in the lead here. Maybe I should have led with that. I don't know. You guys know Nick at the Linux Experiment. Um, mm -hmm. He's much more popular than I am. So, you, of course, you know who he is. He's amazing, very handsome Frenchman who uh, is my co-host for Games for Everyone. So if you guys haven't seen that or listened to it yet, Definitely, definitely go check it out. We have a uh, about a one hour episode one where we go into like our origin stories as gamers. And oh, right uh, we, we talk about kind of our gaming habits and our preferences. And then uh, towards the back half of the show, we go in depth testing very old hardware on very modern games. So I pulled mm, out cool. I pulled out my NVIDIA 980 Ti and oh, stuck wow. it in the Thaleo and started testing stuff like Deathloop and Death Stranding and Doom Eternal to see how they would perform at 1080p. And Nick, Nick stuck a Radeon RX 580 into a 2011 Mac Pro. So you're going to want to see that. <laughs> Dang, that's awesome. Uh, the results that's are wild. mixed, as you would expect. The results are very mixed. But, uh, you can search so games cool. for everyone uh, on your podcast client. Hopefully it'll, it'll start making its way to all the podcasting clients mm -hmm. out there. And, uh, of course, we're also on YouTube if you want to watch all the, you know, related gameplay footage and our our stupid faces. Well, got a few different things. So I took ownership of, I think it was right before we did the last episode, I took ownership of a brand new 
uh, M1 Max MacBook Pro, 16-inch MacBook Pro. Um, so I've been, I haven't got to really, really put it through its paces with any sort of uh, benchmarks or anything. And quite honestly, everybody has those. You can find those all over YouTube. Um, I'm more interested in kind of real-world usage. And so um, that being said, like, I haven't had time to do any videos or audio or anything on it. So <laughs> I just haven't. It's just been, it's been pretty busy with work. But it's a very nice piece of hardware. The screen's great. The notch doesn't bother me. Um, it fades right into the background after I've been using it for a couple of weeks. It's not a big deal. Just kind of using that a little bit. And I mean, it's fantastic. I, it's, I plan on it being the last laptop I buy for the next three to four years, but I say that every you know year or so. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll That's all they cover that you. next Until year. They come That's out how with, they get you. Until they come out with the M2 and like, guys, it's three times as powerful as the it's M1. Three times as, right. Which is, I don't even, you can yeah, edit, not even scratching it. Like, 78k streams at once yeah i i do plan on i do plan on running some some export benchmarks and stuff with against my um 3070 and my i have an my my amd uh 3900x uh 3070 machine that i'm on right now um i do Mm. plan on doing some doing some export like using um davinci resolve um just for more so just for my for my own personal kind of like knowledge like i like to see how they stack up um so i do plan on doing that maybe sometime this week um other than that um i recently installed a um fedora 35 onto my desktop um thanks to Seebzy there in the uh, uh l3 community channel he shared a link to uh the i think it's called the nobara project which it's um glorious egg roll kind of has a um custom fedora uh iso that they that he it's got some tweaks and stuff done to it too, um, for gaming and streaming and stuff like that. And so, um, got that installed, um, been kind of setting it up over the last couple of days. I'm actually on it right now. Um, capturing some of this video and so far so good. Um, I have all of my, um, all my steam games installed. Um, I'm going through kind of testing those out, see what works and see what doesn't. And the biggest thing that I discovered, um actually this morning so i have an xbox live game pass ultimate so that afford that that allows me to do the xbox cloud um and so i was like let me just try that and see how that works on on linux and so um i jumped right in and started playing mlb the show which i've been playing on my xbox played destiny 2 i played i mean it all worked it's all i mean it's working i'm i'm using an og yeah xbox 360 controller wired in I mean, there was, I'm sure there's latency, but I couldn't detect it. Um, that's all that matters, isn't it? I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, that's trying to play a game like destiny or something like, obviously if there's latency, that's going to kill it. Um, or even something, even something like a sports game, like MLB, the show where it's like, you know, timing, trying to, trying to, trying to hit the baseball and stuff like that. Like I didn't, I mean, there was a little bit, but it wasn't, it wasn't detrimental. Um, the biggest downside I can see right now is that cause I'm on a wireless connection and oh. the, the quality wasn't like, wasn't great, but it was definitely playable and definitely usable and has caused me to seriously reconsider ever booting back into windows again. <laughs> yeah. That's, cool. that's uh, cool. I mean, just we've, and we've had this conversation countless, countless times. Like I always use what I use, whatever tool I need to use at any given moment. And sometimes, sometimes I do need to use windows for something. Um, but more and more um, I get most of my creative work 
Actually, no. I get all of my creative work done on my Mac. That's why I'm a Mac person. I've had this conversation ad nauseum. Um, I choose to be a Mac person for my creative work. There's lots of reasons. We can probably cover that in some episodes sometime. I'm happy to like go in depth. But um, for like recreation, like I've always we talked a little bit about photography. I could do all my photography work if I wanted to yeah. on Linux. Mm-hmm. Um, but just gaming has always been a little bit of a hangup for me because there's just certain things that haven't worked. But I've started to switch more and more to like console gaming with xbox and now with proton like a lot of my steam games that i've purchased that i have a backlog that's insane but it's all working now so it's like was it like a xbox cloud was it just out of the box with firefox on on 35 or was it chrome or so that's that's the one thing so i i fired it up on firefox and it gave me a warning it worked but it gave me a warning that i should use a supported browser and so i installed chrome fired up and it worked fine i'm gonna try i'm gonna try edge and I'm going to try Chromium just for testing purposes. I'm sure it'll work fine on Chromium. I logged in with my credentials and it said it even showed all of my recently played games is like pick up where you left off. Destiny 2 is a big one for me. Like that's why I've been waiting for like, because I play that game with my son and I log into Windows to play Destiny 2 because the anti-cheat stuff. And I know like now that, because I, I, I believe they use BattleEye. Yeah, if I'm not well, mistaken. BattleEye is, is supported now on Proton. Is supported but Bungie has yet to enable that in Destiny, so that's always been kind of a big hang-up. But it's like, if I can hop in, I can do cross-play. If I can just hop into a to a session on, on Xbox Cloud and play with my son and his friends, and it's like, great. That's a huge hurdle to get over. I really sincerely want to play Destiny on the deck. And uh, yeah. I, I really hope that Valve is like baking bungee cakes and, you know, sending them over every day. <laughs> yeah. cool. Just flip that switch, would you? Flip that battle mm-hmm. line switch. Come on. That's all anyway, they got to do. So yeah. That's cool, though. Like, that's another yep. that's another aspect that we don't normally talk about when it comes to Linux gaming. Mm-hmm. We are, we're always like, you know, hammering home the, the Proton improvements and the driver improvements. But mm-hmm. uh, having, I mean, having access to all of your Xbox games is a pretty big deal i have a uh i have a sort of a, a theory or maybe a prediction or something with, with mm-hmm. the direction of, of cloud gaming um do you guys remember how in the past i don't know if you guys played a lot of flash games but when you first did it it would load it up and it would basically stream in all the assets mm-hmm. onto your disc in a cache so you would have everything or maybe it, i think it, it put it on disc but uh, maybe it put it in memory who knows um mm-hmm. i did put it in memory because you could run out of that um but I think with technologies that we're seeing, like uh, Microsoft has been working on this like uh, direct streaming stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. where it can mm-hmm. load a game assets directly mm-hmm. into the graphics card frame buffers from disk rather than RAM. Mm-hmm. I think as these systems get faster and we implement ways for our disk and our cache to speak directly to the graphics card, we could have really high fidelity um games loaded really quickly Mm -hmm. or or streamed in in the browser which um which would allow us to reduce the latency so rather than trying to send all of that data constantly and compressing it so much you can have most of those assets already on disk in like a little a compressed cache Mm -hmm. so that gives you more bandwidth to focus on either shader details or improving latency and i think these these technologies are going to end up working together i also think we're going to see love it or hate it things like predictive ai Mm -hmm. where i think there are some implementations of that already but where um the game engine or the you know the code will actually try to predict what you're going to do 
in the game mm-hmm. and 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 account for that where when it comes to like the computational load or the the graphics that are going to be loading around you something like that i swear to god that's going to happen I, i'm pretty sure that's mm-hmm. going to happen someday whether or not we love it is a different story <laughs> in addition to tuxedo computers and our friends in the community linux for everyone is also made possible by linode if it runs on linux you can run it on linode They have multiple distros available, including Ubuntu, CentOS, Alpine, and Arch, by the way. They've got multiple server plans to make any app or service flexible and easily scalable. You can use a Linode server to easily set up a WordPress-powered website, your own personal VPN, a dedicated Jitsi or Minecraft server, and much more that you can get installed with a single click. Linode has 24-7, 365 support available by phone regardless of your plan size, so you can get help from a real person when you need it. Right now, Linux for Everyone fans who are opening a brand new account can get a $100 60-day credit by going to linode.com slash Linux for Everyone. Linode's been doing cloud computing since 2003, before Amazon even entered the picture. So they're not trying to take over the retail world like other companies. They're just focused on good old-fashioned, Linux-loving cloud computing. Go to linode.com slash Linux for everyone to get started building your new project. It's where we host all of ours, and we're proud to call them a longtime partner. <laughs> Speaking of stuff we love, well, I love it, Katie Plasma. <laughs> let's start. Let's talk about this. Hopefully, this is going to roll into um, our software spotlight as well, because uh, I personally, uh, one of the reasons that I switched over to KDE, it wasn't just the appearance and the customization, it was the defaults. It was the default mm-hmm. apps. I found yep. I like I like the default screenshot app so much more. It's so much more robust than mm-hmm. what is offered on GNOME. Um, Kate is fantastic. I mean, it, it seems like every default app there is just more feature rich. And that's one of the things that really mattered to mm-hmm. me. So I just I want to talk about um, software on on KDE, and obviously, uh, Nicolo, why don't we start with you? Well, you're gonna you're gonna drive this. Let's be honest, because you're you're kind of the expert. Here. Um, what are some of the? What do you think are some of the apps that kind of fly under the radar? Do you know what I mean? That that don't get as much recognition, but that are really, really cool that, that Plasma offers. Well, can I start with a really easy one, which is Calendar? I think you know it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. That was a very nice one. Like, uh, mm-hmm. the developer, I think, is also doing a great job in doing regular mm-hmm. updates on how it's going on and the new stuff. And it's, I think, right now, one of the most promising apps that are mm-hmm. being developed for KDE. Like, sure, we do have like very cool apps already, like Kate and stuff. But as far as emerging apps go, I think Calendar is a very strong contender. There's also Coco, which is less known, I think. I haven't. I, I don't even know about that one. Actually. Yeah. Mm. No, Coco? Coco is the new, hopefully... It will uh, replace Gwenview in being Kitty's image viewer. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, it has a job and it's a simple one. It needs to show you your images and let you edit them. And it's being developed with Kurigami. And it's really looking promising. I think Coco and uh, Calendar are the two like 
top picks that I would uh, you know pick oh, right no. now. I love the new system monitor. Oh, the new system yes. monitor is mm-hmm. very nice. And the fact that I can just stick my GPU metrics up there as well is, I mean, yeah. as someone who's constantly benchmarking and wanting to keep an eye on his GPU, that's, and that's the thing, something that I've noticed, maybe, maybe it's that the KD team is making more noise about it than the, the GNOME team, but it seems like they are constantly, and I mean, when I say constantly, I mean daily or weekly adding features to the entire suite of software and to the desktop environment itself. I mean, it seems like they are iterating and improving things at such an insane pace. I cannot do comparison with GNOS, but I do think that we are good at making noise about what we're doing with Nate's blog. Which Nate's, yeah, that is so as great. soon as Nate publishes a blog, like all of the Linux new articles go that copy copy paste most of the time, and it's really cool. <laughs> well, yeah, one you thing that copy paste, we... like be original with your reporting, but yeah. <laughs> one thing that we've learned in the KDE promotion team is that if you do a nice like blog post, uh, people are going to copy paste it, and we're going to get lots of impressions. So that's good. That is good. That is good. And yeah, Nate's blog is one of the, like, I, I get genuinely excited every time I get a notification for a new article in my, in my inbox because, uh, he's just like fun. He's just, he's kind of fun to read. And it's always, there's always like one or two bullet points in there where you're like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta try that right now. I I gotta update and try that right now. Um, when you guys when you guys get together or have virtual meetings or uh, do you do you strategize how to promote KDE? Well, there is a promotion team which, in theory, should be the one like in charge of promotion. It only does like official promotion, whereas um, Nate's blog or my channel are unofficial and not covered by the team. Um, so on the official things, we do have like team and organ- organization and everything, whereas for personal blogs and channels, it's up to us. And we do talk about that saying, hey, why don't you cover this or include this link? But, you know, it's different from like KDE official articles. I want to ask all of you this question and just see if, uh, if my observation lines up with yours. Mm-hmm. Does it feel like a lot of people are switching to KDE right now. Um, I think so. I feel, I feel that, that that's definitely a perception that I have. Um, I, I think for me, it started um, back when um, Ubuntu studio is a project that I follow pretty closely. Mm. Um, just, um, and I know uh, their, their distro used to ship with XFCE right. as the default um desktop environment and i forget it's um i forget when it was it was last year sometime that they switched to uh kde as the default for a while there was this growing kind of misunderstanding that kde was was heavy it was heavy on resources right and i think jason you did it you did a shootout with this comparing xfce which is known to be a lightweight distro um versus kde i think yeah they were basically the same it's a There was ob- there's obviously been a lot of work done on KDE to make it um, more efficient under the hood. I think that um, it, like I use KDE as as my daily driver for um, 
for a while because it's performant. As you said, Jason, like out of the box, top to bottom, it's ready to go. Yeah, like you roll. can't, you, you can, you can, you can theme to your heart's desire, which is great. I think a lot of people really like that. But for me, actually, I prefer to just fire it up and be ready to go. And that was, that's the big thing. So, and this isn't a drag on, on GNOME at all, but like for this GNOME install that I have currently, like I spent, I spent a good two or three hours just kind of tweaking things and installing extensions and making things kind of how I want it. Mm -hmm. Whereas there's not a lot for me to do in KDE. Like it's, um, it's got very sensible defaults out of the box. Very, uh, very, very rarely do I have to change much. I go breeze all the way down. <laughs> it's like for my theme, like I think it's beautiful out of the box. And I've got, I've got stuff like K Runner, which is if I had to pick, if I had to pick something that was my my go to app in KDE, it's K Runner. Like to me, that's like I'm just so used. To, maybe it's my Mac background, just having that like spotlight type um, Your launcher. Mac my Mac ground, but Mac like. Ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Good. I think that's why. So to answer your question, that was a very long way to answer your question. But yeah, I definitely think so because of all of those reasons I just listed. Shikul, what about you? Have you noticed this at all? Now I don't. I know you're using, uh, I believe Fedora 35 at the moment, but I uh, am. But have you have you perceived this switch in the community? Oh, oh yeah. I've I've heard it quite a bit, and um, like I'm not gonna lie. Like I think. As far as I can tell, GNOME is, is like the most commonly used desktop in Linux, and and much of that is probably just because it's it's shipped on like the major Ubuntu. distributions, <laughs> right? That's on Ubuntu, so that's running in like every university ever somewhere <laughs> in in the the basement. Um, but I, I hear a lot of talk about KDE, and it, it does get a lot of love, and I think um, especially. Um, like was mentioned earlier with the performance things, th- there has been some serious work put into improving the 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 way that KDE handles things, um, both in terms of memory efficiency, uh, but I think also in terms of general compute efficiency. Um, hmm. For a while there, there it was something where like the memory usage got cut back, but when you went to go do something, you'd have higher cpu usage right because it had to compensate for loading up those assets but that that stuff has gotten a lot better um and it's been getting better consistent and um the reliability of kde i think has has been incredible lately and and i hear people say you know like well i switched to kde and it's nothing like you know my impression was of kde at the end of 2021 is nothing like my impression of caden live at the beginning of 2020 and that's a compliment that's a very a very no it's great yeah because you know Caden live is also like super stable these days and i think that it's just trickles, really good trickles right on down to the whole the whole uh kde ecosystem and i i think a couple of I, i'm really weird right like one of my favorite things in in tech is file systems i have a passion <laughs> for file systems for some weird reason mm. um i'm always fascinated by them um, and so when I think of like KDE apps that really stand out to me, I actually think Partition Manager is one of my favorites. Um, I I fiddle with it a lot. I love the way that it pretty much any format it it does. Um, I know with um, with Gparted, it, it, they they rely on similar tools in the background, but uh, um, I think kde uh, kde's partition manager just has a lot more recent additions to it it feels like it's actively being um being changed 
changed and improved and and it's made my life so much easier um that's awesome and i also use breeze uh through the whole thing too <laughs> all the way I, down i think man. breeze is great all the way down <laughs> i think yep. it's a wonderful wonderful theme so um or i guess technically it would be a style i guess it's both nicola what about you like have you have you seen this shift I do think that it's a very lucky combination, maybe not necessarily lucky, but a good combination of various events that happened. Not only did we get better at doing noise, but also there were like, actually, let me pick them just a sec. Sure. Let me flex on this. Here, I have the time book. <laughs> yeah. And whenever a person tells me that Plasma is, is that like the, slow. Is, it, is that the original it's... Pine book? Yeah, it's the smaller one. Wow. Oh, I love yeah. that. Hold on a second. I use this every day, like literally every day. And every time a person tells me, yeah, Plasma is low, it needs RAM. This is two gigabytes of, two gigabytes of RAM. That's incredible. It's past. <laughs> and then there was the Steam Deck. And then we also got a fork of the Plasma Mobile Project here, the Jinkpad. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so on, all of the devices coming out and also as making more noise and also uh, distribution switching to KDE like studio. I do remember when studio mm-hmm. switched and it was a good day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's great. <laughs> <laughs> and all of these things combined do really make us feel like there's a way of, you know, things are going good and we're happy. <laughs> Uh, I think that, um, if I'm not mistaken, Tuxedo Computers also recently switched Tuxedo OS to Plasma. I don't know how recently mm-hmm. that was, but uh, but yeah, they also made that switch. And um, I mean, Steam Deck that has to that has to be giving you guys mm-hmm. a lot of visibility, right? And knowing that yep. Steam OS 3.0 is is going to have KDE baked in now, yeah. which is awesome. Uh, Mycroft Mark II. Linux Fair 155, we had the interview with uh, Josh Montgomery of Mycroft, and Mycroft Mark II uses uh, Plasma as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. there you go. Uh, we have conclusively proven that more people are switching <laughs> to KDE Plasma than ever. So before. scientific. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. scientific. Also, well, you know, I, I yeah. know this isn't, this isn't new. I, I know it's not new, but it's still, I think, probably one of the best aspects of plasma as a desktop is the fact that everything is widgets i can take the same little widget application information thing and throw it on my desktop or i can have it in the panel and the Mm -hmm. fact that it i can use like a an alternative dock like latte dock and Mm -hmm. all of those widgets work inside latte dock modularity it's just it's Mm -hmm. so incredible and it's it's the one thing that gets me every single time. I'm like, <laughs> instead of completely remaking everything for every different element of the desktop, it just works through all of them. <laughs> and it's it's just so good. I wish I wish that was something that that more more desktops did well. And the coolest part about Latidoc being able to use uh, plasma widgets, is that you can actually use Latidoc on third-party desktop as well using Plasmaplets. So you can use like Kickoff on GNOME. What? That's and a, you can that's mix amazing. everything. It's crazy. That is so it's cool. Crazy. That's awesome. 
Guess who's installing plasma now? <laughs> yeah, there we go. See, it's it's happening right now. now during the now we of have show. a positive integer gain <laughs> for plasma user share, and so technically everything we said was absolutely true. That's, and everything we say is always true. <laughs> yeah. want to switch gears a little bit and talk mm-hmm. about a different desktop environment the one the system 76 is reportedly building uh this news popped off <laughs> i think less than 48 hours ago and it stemmed from a reddit thread mm-hmm. where uh one of system 76's own engineers said that they are working on their quote own desktop a response further said uh, let's see. Well, System76 engineer uh, maintainer Michael Murphy, who goes by MM Stick, uh, he commented that System76 will be its own desktop. When further poked about that, whether that means a fork of GNOME, the response he gave was no, it is its own thing written in Rust. When I asked you guys, for uh, you guys, the audience, for your thoughts on this, uh, Jeremy Soller of System76 responded. Not confirming it, he didn't confirm it, but he said, we'll only do what makes our users happy. If it doesn't work, it dies. Which is incredibly interesting and incredibly like, that's the, that's the right answer. Yes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it certainly is. And I think it's, I mean, I don't want to speak for the company, but Mm -hmm. it it certainly sounds like confirmation that, uh, Mm You know, they they perhaps had a lot more in mind than than just cosmic. Mm-hmm. You know, like cosmic is just a stepping like pop shell and cosmic were just the stepping stones to um to ditching the gnome desktop environment, which is surprising, mm-hmm. I think. And we need let's let's unpack this and talk about it. See, this wasn't this wasn't a surprise to me whatsoever when I saw this news um pop down. And I guess we probably should clarify Shickle, you in no way speak authoritatively for system 76 yeah correct <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> probably good to call out um I, I cannot confirm or deny anything officially sure yeah <laughs> totally fair but when i saw this like this wasn't surprising to me at all like when i saw when they with efforts like they have with cosmic and the pop shell um it has seemed to me like this was just a natural progression like um i don't claim to know um any of the internal goings on at system 76, but um, the vibe has always been to me that like, they're a very obviously customer centric mm-hmm. company. Oh yeah. And so, right. And then also very forward thinking. And so um, that's why Jeremy's comment doesn't surprise me at all that they're going to do what's, what makes their customers happy. And so um, I 100% like am not surprised that they have, they are testing this out and they are working on this to get something running to try out may or may not have it running somewhere. And, um, we'll, we'll do if it's, if it, if it makes the experience of using, um, pop OS slash, um, system 76 hardware, even better, why would they not do it? That to me, that just makes sense. It's, it's kind of that Apple mentality of not to compare the two, it's two completely different things, but that it, mentality of being able to kind of be in control of your, of your destiny somewhat. Like it makes sense that they want to develop their own software for it, for hardware, right? Like yeah. there's a synergy there that to me, I don't know. It just makes sense. It wasn't, it, it was not a surprise. Actually, I think it's going to be great at the very least. It'll be a neat, like 
experiment and if it fails it, it dies right so like but it might not fail it might not fail and it might be great i really like cosmic i like what they've done with pop shell i love what they've kind of done they they may or may not feel limited by what uh gnome uh affords to them and so why not try I, I to think, i yeah. think when it comes to gnome we can only speculate like, <laughs> yeah exactly 100 anything else would be would be um, mm-hmm. irresponsible i think but 100 percent. what i can say is if you look at the trajectory of system 76 and their software this totally makes mm-hmm. sense just like yep. you said like uh, the when they first launched the company as a hardware vendor i think they maybe they maybe launched with like Ubuntu seventeen ten mm-hmm. on, on their on their PCs, and then they started immediately working on Pop OS, right? Because they wanted to to further refine the experience, and Ubuntu wasn't the experience that they wanted to give. But a lot of the components of Ubuntu mm-hmm. were right, and a lot of the components of GNOME, and then they introduced Pop Shell with the auto tiling, and so mm-hmm. we saw them go a little bit. Uh, diverge a little bit more from the traditional gnome experience and then cosmic diverging even a little bit more. And so I think Mm -hmm. this, this all adds up. It's a, I think it's a, a, maybe a bit of a gamble, but Mm -hmm. I think as you said, Jerry, what it it makes sense, if it makes sense for their users and Mm -hmm. it's going to give a great hardware experience, uh, then why not? Why not? Mm Mm-hmm. Since we have Nicolo here, I wanted to say that I I also have observed a ton of people going, hey, can we please get Pop! OS with KDE Plasma? I'm sure you guys have all seen this. Like, well, that's where the this this conversation originated in a, a Reddit thread about KDE, uh, Pop! OS using KDE. I'm pretty sure that that's where this whole uh, conversation originated from. Yeah. I mean, did, did, did they ever approach, like, if you know, has system 76 ever come to KDE and, and had that discussion or not that I know of, but okay. I am in no way, uh, responsible of all developers. So <laughs> yeah, I really cannot fair. say I just if had to... they did. I mean, if they did contact KDE, it would make sense to contact like KWIN developers and mm-hmm. I'm almost never talk to them because it's such a different project. So I, I wouldn't know, honestly. The existence of KDE Plasma and and the loud, um, the, the very loud impassioned requests for a fork, you know, a, a variant of Pop! OS with Plasma, it just, it, 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 it leads me to believe, and again, I'm not going to put words in the mouth of System76, System I don't know why I can't say that tonight, System76, <laughs> But it really leads me to believe that uh, their their design philosophy is um, not at all lined up with gnomes anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that they have come to a point where they might not like the roadmap that gnome has, where where their users are concerned, where where Pop OS users are concerned. I, th- I think on a, a general level too, and I, I think this is something that is probably shared between any project that has to to rely on another one upstream um, for anything is that uh, there there's a certain point at which you're you're not able to control the changes or there there are things that are going to happen that aren't going to be um aren't either going to allow you to keep doing the same thing in exactly the same way 
or are going to make things difficult to change in a certain way. And I think every project uh, at some point has um, has these moments where any upstream wants to go in a certain direction and those downstreams have to either find other ways to work through it or um, consider other technologies if they can't either make changes that both can work with or, or, or anything like that. So um, I, th I think it's a natural progression. I mean, they, they definitely, you know, both gnomes design choices and, and pop OS's design choices. They, they're very different in a lot of ways. Um, but at, at the end of the day, you know, like, um, and, and again, not speaking officially, but just straight up speaking from my heart, I, I, I trust that both projects will do, you know, what they believe is in the best interests of their users at the end of the day. And, mm -hmm. and yeah. I think those priorities are just different yeah. sometimes. So Nicolo, can you speak at all to the complexity or the, the undertaking that is developing a brand new desktop environment? I mean, can you give us a sense of what <laughs> amount of work that requires? What I'm wondering hearing this news is, okay, you're building your own desktop, but how much of it are you doing yourself and how much are you, you know, using, ex like, let's say the window, Windows Manager, it, you're going to take, like, uh, Mutter, is it called, from GNOME, I think? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mutter, yeah. Or are you going with another one or are you doing your own? Because just doing the Window Manager is pretty complex and that's something that you don't usually just worry about taking from other projects. There are many projects who use Kwin, even though they're not Plasma. And if you're just using, if you're just developing like the shell, uh, well, <laughs> it, it's a bit easier already if it's just the shell. But mm -hmm. what about the more um, underlying stuff like network managing mm -hmm. or the clipboard, the audio, and you also need to write something to expose those things to the users nicely mm -hmm. from scratch. And also panels and sidebars. It sounds and you daunting also need, to me. <laughs> you also need to, and the hard, I mean, all of that can be done, I think, with a bit of determination. I don't think that's in an impossible task. I do trust System76 if they're able to do it. But how do you make sure that the design language is consistent through apps? Because no way you're going to do like apps from scratch. Like, no way. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that's possible, honestly, to do all of the applications from scratch. That would have to take years. And, yeah. And if you do keep the apps, how do you make sure that the style of the apps is compatible with the one of the shell? That's not as easy as it sounds. You know, it's consistency, and that's what I'm doing in KDE. Mm -hmm. and it's right. Not easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like, like System76 has a good eye towards design language when it when it comes to mm -hmm. consistency with with pop os but uh yeah that's an interesting observation i i kind of find myself wondering if pop os will end up being like peppermint os sort of a sort of a elegantly frankensteined distro right mm -hmm. because peppermint os uses elements from everything but uses them together in a way that makes sense and looks good and feels good um and i kind of wonder maybe like you're saying if if Pop OS will borrow some of these elements and and adapt them for 
for the new desktop. And I, I'm wondering how much how much do they write from scratch using Rust? I don't know anything about Rust. Personally, I'm a fan of Rust just because I, I while I don't do a lot in Rust, I'm, I'm very bad at it. Um, I've seen people make really incredible things in Rust, and they're ridiculously hard to break. Hmm. Um, like it's it's very easy to write decent stuff in Rust compared to the, the, the traditional like C hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I really appreciate about it, and I know. Um, you know, Jeremy is a, a Rust guy, so it does not surprise <laughs> me. Least, yeah, he's, he's uh, <laughs> very much a Rust guy. I'm pretty sure he isn't it Redox. That's like literally an entire kernel yes. written in Rust that yes. he works on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As always, we are very curious to get your feedback as well. So a real quick community voice segment this time around. I asked you guys what your feelings were about System76 allegedly developing their own desktop mm-hmm. environment. This one comes from Hank G on Twitter, and he says, I was going to say first Solus Gnome and now this. You guys know what that's referring to? <laughs> Solus Gnome, the, that situation. Um, if anything, I'd hope that the distros combine some efforts into a non-Gnome, non-GTK platform if this is actually the way things are going. And then a, a, a completely opposite comment to that from linux for norms on twitter linux for norms many will say this is fragmenting but this is how innovation works and i've heard this term used for over a decade and it's only gotten better not worse i spent years distro hopping because nothing ever fit quite right for me until i found soulless budgie i'm all for new developments and so those are like those are the big two two fights that are going to emerge here i think is uh People saying, oh, no, more fragmentation and mm-hmm. people saying, well, Linux is about choice, so let them have it. The, the biggest thing for me is that because um, I've always sort of felt that like in, in a way, if we had more consistency and unification as a whole, it'd be easier to target for application developers, especially when it comes to things like uh, like display stuff or, or or gpu stuff in particular like hmm. uh, it's it's part of why we have such a hard time with uh gpu acceleration in the browser right it's because there's there's like a million different ways to go about it and we haven't really settled on one with with every distribution and every different desktop and and, and technology the people that are, are working on it and designing on it are doing so because th- there is a user base for it whether it's just themselves or whether it is a, a certain amount of people, mm-hmm. whether or not the size of it is big or small, there is a user base and those people want that. So it, it's never it's never for nothing, right? But on, on top of that, I think a big part of it is that the, the argument of them all just working together on one thing, I think the core flaw of that is that, yes, they could technically work together and all make one thing, but I think developers are going to do their their best work when they're genuinely interested and passionate about the direction of what they're working on. Yes. They're gonna do a they're gonna follow what they love because that's that's where they're gonna succeed. And I, I think I think that's kind of how everyone works generally. Yeah, that's that's a powerful statement. I think you're right, and I think um, I think that. Uh, the few the few people that I know at System76 would probably back you up on that, you know. Um, now, I do want to read a comment from Vega, who uh, Vega, by the way, shout out to Vega, who moderates our uh, Matrix and Discord communities. He has a bit of a more um, 
um, a sharper comment, shall we say. To be honest, I think that this will hurt important areas like language support and general feel of polish. The GNOME platform is very mature compared to most other desktop environments and is in the process of ironing out the smallest of the quirks. With how System76 re-implemented search with the pop launcher, I think this will be a disaster. So no, <laughs> no holding back. With all due respect to Shickle and everyone that I know over there, I very much dislike how they um, implemented search in, mm-hmm. uh, in the Cosmic. We need something like Spotlight on macOS. Mm-hmm. That's what we need, yep. especially digital pack rats. You know, yep. we just, just let me search for whatever. Okay, everything on my system. I'm sorry. Apps, hold on. Files, whatever. I gotta know what a digital pack rat is. I'm so, I'm, the ref it went over my head. But okay, so a digital pack rat is is like to me anyway. <laughs> the definition is just oh my god, I love that meme. Throw it there on the desktop. Oh, like, okay, right. I, oh, oh, these outtakes. I'm just gonna save these forever. I don't know if I'll ever use them or you know mm-hmm. the the like forty Pearl Jam bootlegs that I. That I <laughs> digitized from my tape trading days that I leave on a, a USB stick and just, you know, like I'll, yeah, oh. digital pack rat. As soon as you said meme folder, I was like, ah, meme folder. I've got you. <laughs> that, that, it's so important to have like, again, that's why I said things like K runner for me were, are so yeah. invaluable. And uh, right now on, on gnome, I'm running, um, the great, um, tool called you launcher oh you launcher is wonderful if i'm not on kde it's one of the first things that i install it so. kind of reminds me of because i know we have spotlight on mac and um, mm-hmm. i really love that tool i mean it, it mm-hmm. does just about everything i need but i know there's there's other ones too and they they make them for linux as well there's like alfred and albert's mm-hmm. and um yeah. i Aladdin, use alfred i don't know on the mac yeah they're they're really incredible because you can bake in everything from like let's say like uh like complex equations mm-hmm. that you could just do in your search launcher or you can That's you can awesome. have it Trigger run screen. scripts and yeah Aut- automations it, yep it's incredible for sure. we have to remember that system 76 and pop os is so it, it's such a different animal than something like kde plasma you know kde plasma is is trying to um, well, they're all trying to be great products, obviously, and they are great products, but KDE Plasma is, is trying to cast a very wide net and, and capture a wide audience. System 76 doesn't need that as much as you might want them to need that. Mm-hmm. They don't need that with pop OS. The only mm-hmm. people that pop OS has to serve well are their hardware customers. And that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. If they want to, if they end up, you know, and they end up making a distro that continues to climb the the Steam gaming mm-hmm. charts and continues to <laughs> continues to gain over new users that aren't System seventy six hardware customers, all the all the best for them. At the end of the day, System seventy six only has to serve their hardware customers with Pop OS. Mm-hmm. I think we need to understand that that is most likely their 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 what's driving them for this move. It's not, it's not to be the best, most mainstream, most user friendly, most mm-hmm. like distro with everything you want in it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something to make their hardware customers uh, happier, which good for them. That's, that's exactly how, like to me, that's, that's exactly how it should be. 
So, and, and again, if anybody if anybody from System Seventy Six wants to comment on that, then you're more than welcome. It's <laughs> just my, you know, that's just my interpretation. And um, not not to draw you know comparisons again to Apple, because um, it always <laughs> feels weird because I know people mm-hmm. don't like it. Um, but there are you know like every business has certain aspects of it that kind of make sense and are are similar to each other. Um, and of course, I don't speak for anyone on the uh, at System Seventy Six or the desktop team right now. I'm just me. I'm just a dude. But if, if you look at macOS in particular, I'm not aware of any instance in which people are are you know like Apple's is designing macOS to run on like every single device out there because that's gonna that's gonna get them what they need because it like it's not really key to their success you know like if you really really want a, want to make a good solid product and you're relying on hardware and you have in-house hardware it makes way more sense to target that and prioritize that mm-hmm. um rather than sort of sacrificing it and and maybe degrading that experience just for a few extra numbers on the market share board like mm-hmm. it's that's not that's not going to give you the success this 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 brings up a question um does it yeah, yeah well i have so many questions <laughs> but uh what is your query my query is for nicolo and my query is, hypothetically, let's say that System76, 10 years from now, they want to have their own desktop environment, their own apps, and their own in-house made laptops. What, what would you picture being like an amazing goal for KDE 10 years from now? I think that pretty much everybody right now, the big players, want to build the platform with, you know, we've got, I mean, everyone would like to have their own desktop, their own store with their own apps, with their own, uh, you know, QT, GTK thingies and their own hardware. And it's so hard to actually put all of those things together. If you've got software like KDE does, we don't quite do hardware. And if you do hardware, then you also need to build the software and that's what I think System76 is pointing at. So if you say, what's a big goal for KDE? I would say the same thing as System76, but opposite sides. We, I think mm. we should start doing laptops. Like I, I think that would be the main goal. And that's something that I would like to work on, but I know nothing of hardware. So that's a bit of an because, issue. Because you guys have had a lot of partnerships. Right, a lot of a lot of hardware partnerships, which are all pretty great, uh, but no actual in-house design. Like this is the flagship yeah. KDE Plasma experience right here. Yeah. We built it. We built the software, mm-hmm. we built the hardware. I mean, that's no easy. That's no easy task. No. But uh, that's a cool goal. That's a very cool goal. One mm-hmm. that I can I can definitely appreciate I think that. as a user on both the hardware and the software side, like that's always been one of the most critical aspects to me. That have, that is always. And maybe some of it is superficial, right? But I'm a very first party kind of person. Mm-hmm. I always want the best solutions from one place rather than trying mm-hmm. to piece together other things. And so sometimes I, I struggle to to pick a distribution, right? With like, I may think this particular piece of it is cool, but like everything else about it is just sort of not the focus. That's not the point, right? I'm like, this is coming from over there. Mm-hmm. This is coming from over here. And the only the only like two things there are that I care about are only part of the picture. Right. So yeah. like 
when when I choose like let's say a plasma distribution, I've always struggled because there's there's always that like well what's the best plasma distribution, right? And as a user, I just I just want <laughs> Ooh, the one that is plasma, right? But obviously that's not really a thing. Like yeah. there's so many components to that. Um and I do the same thing with GNOME, right? Like there 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 isn't there is and there isn't. Like it's the the the, the one actual GNOME distribution isn't even like a distribution. It's 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 a testing platform. GNOME OS. So just GNOME OS, yeah. 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 Which, which is like cool. I just I can't really use it, you know. Um, but so it, that for me, right, extends all the way from the the highest level of the software all the way down to the hardware. Having that, and 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 that's part of why, like in the past, I I really really um, appreciated what Elementary OS did is because they they had a very very strong focus, and they still do on that direction of having a very consistent from top to bottom uh sort of way of doing things and being very clear about what is elementary and what is not yeah um and so as a user and as a consumer because that's really at, at the core of it i do far more consuming than i do producing um just, i love to consume i'm just funny that way i just, yeah <laughs> i sit on great. the couch chicken wings yep, yep. <laughs> it's great um so i think these aspects and i think every platform as they they grow and branch out because let's be real there's what seven eight billion people in the world we're not going to run out of users <laughs> we're only we keep adding more so i think i think there's room it's a growth market okay it's a, it's growth, a growth market, market it's, yes. it's just we've i think it can happen and i think at some point we'll see these grow i mean like if you look at mac os if you look at where the core of the os even started right like it came from like a, a an open project with different, uh, you know, like there's there's so many things. Like the core of macOS is is a BSD, and if you look at all the incredible things that BSD is doing in all these different spaces, right? You've got Open BSD with all their crazy security stuff, and you've got Free BSD, which is the base for a bunch of other platforms like yeah. uh, TrueNAS, and, and 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 as things grow, I think they can become their own platforms, and and that sort of rather than just having it all these mm -hmm. separate components, it becomes one and it becomes one platform. And I think an end goal of that is hard and it, it sucks during the process. But once you get there, it's amazing. <laughs> and everyone has the potential to get there. They do. Yeah. Like they really do. Okay. Well, inspired by that comment that you made a few minutes ago, Shickle, Let's do round robin. Everybody tell me what is your favorite KDE plasma distribution? Jerry. Oh boy. Um, Arch with KDE. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go with open Sousa tumbleweed. Wow. I feel like mm. that's the underdog yeah. of the, it's... okay. Interesting. I haven't actually mm -hmm. used that one. I'm going to have to give it a look. Nicolo. I'll go with the one I'm actually using, which is KDE neon. I don't uh -huh. expect users to use it, but it's nice if you're a developer. And I'm going to say Garuda Linux Gaming Edition. Thank you very much. Ooh, that was <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah, it's gorgeous. <laughs> it's not my daily driver, but I think it is the best. In terms of visuals, it's it's the best, in my opinion. I, I would like to give like a, an honorary shout out to Fedora KDE. Mm -hmm. They've... They've done a lot of work over the past couple of releases at really polishing that up. 
Um, so yeah, I have a lot of respect for, for the work they've put in on that. I'm really impressed by it. Well, guys, I think we've reached, I think we've reached the end. I think so. Yeah, I think so. You sound hopeful, but the statement out of context (laughs) sounds so dismal. (laughs) It's, it's okay. The, the truth is it's, I've been awake since 6.30 AM and it is now 9.30 PM. Oh God. Yeah. Delirium Uh, has set in. It is setting in for sure. Before we say goodbye, uh, let's give uh, Nicolo a chance to tell everybody mm-hmm. where we where they can find him and stalk him and uh, <laughs> consume <laughs> consume his content. Yep. So as far as my YouTube channel goes, you can find it by googling Nicolo Space Bay V E. That would be a game um, war game with Nico Love. I also have a website with all of my interests on nico.love and hmm. the important things are there, I think. I also have a GitHub, stuff like that. I don't update it very much. The most important things are the YouTube channel and my website. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nico, nico.love? Nico.love. Oh, cool. That is that's great. A, that's a neat that's name, yeah. man. Yeah. That's, that's, huh. I didn't know that one existed. That's awesome. Cool. Uh, Jerry, where can everybody track you down? Twitter.com slash Jerry Morrison. Best place to find me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as well. Um, at Schickle, S-C-H-Y-K-L-E on Twitter. Imagine if I spelled that wrong. Um, and then <laughs> I also write my stuff on Medium, at least for now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, Schickle.Medium.com. And I write about all kinds of crazy things. And then um, also, mm-hmm. if you want to look at my car and watch videos that I do with cars, um, I'm Shickle on YouTube, and um, yeah, I'm excited to have you watch me, question mark. <laughs> uh, you can <laughs> find me, my, my personal Twitter is KillYourFM, and uh, of course, Linux, the number four, everyone on Mastodon and Twitter. And I uh, definitely encourage you to check out our Matrix and Discord spaces. Those are always linked in the show notes, wherever you're listening or watching this episode those links are always going to be there and um we also have a a brand new subspace for games for everyone where you can talk about linux gaming windows gaming not mac gaming because it doesn't exist cloud gaming (laughs) mobile gaming pc building uh all kinds of all kinds of great subcategories for (laughs) video game fans uh and that's gonna do it for linux for everyone Mm -hmm. episode 56 thank you very much very, very much for uh, sharing all of your wisdom with us, Nicolo, and best of luck with mm-hmm. KDE Platform yes. going forward. Keep Thanks. us posted, uh, and you've got an open invitation to come back to the show anytime you want. Thanks, Nicolo. And yeah. with that, thank you, thank uh, you. you guys, take care. Take care of yep. each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.